Wow, what a powerful song that is. Aren't you grateful tonight uh, for the new life that we have in Jesus Christ and how the truth of the gospel sets us free? You see, many times we think, and I resemble this remark because I'm from Savannah, Georgia, uh, if you know where that's at. Uh, I was raised there. Uh, But a lot of times down the south, we think that Christianity makes bad people good. But that's all wrong. The gospel is that the gospel makes dead people alive. And I wonder if we have any people that were dead that are now alive in the house tonight. Amen. It's a wonderful, life-changing power of the gospel of Jesus. We're grateful tonight. Uh, Carrie Jackson, who's our arts missionary, he's going to be painting while I teach and preach tonight. And uh, so we hope that you'll be encouraged. I'm going to invite you, if you will, uh, to open your Bibles tonight to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. Uh, The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. And we've been walking uh, in the light. And so we've been focusing on spiritual awakening. And it's more than just praying for spiritual awakening for America. We're trusting God to bring about spiritual awakening in our own personal lives. And uh, we found out Sunday night that spiritual awakening begins with prayer. And we prayed and we were able to experience the power of God. We were able to pray strategic prayers, God-sized prayers, and you could just sense the kingdom of darkness trembling as God's people pray here at East LJ Baptist Church. And then last night, uh, we began this walk in the light. We were walking in the light. Why? Because darkness is always chasing after us. And we uh, looked at uh, that there are three sources of light. You'll remember uh, that there's the light of God's Son, uh, there's the light of God's Word, and there is the light of God's people. And tonight, what we're going to be focused on, last night we focused on encountering Jesus. If the light of the world is Jesus, then we need to have fresh encounters with Jesus. Now let me ask you a question. Uh, Did you wake up to a welcoming, weeping, and praying Jesus this morning? Uh, Is that the kind of Jesus, the real God, that you woke up to this morning? Not a finger-pointed, distant, disappointed deity, but a God who deeply loves us, a God who deeply cares for us. And, uh, and so that's the, that's the God that we can love with all of our heart. And that's what we want to walk daily in. We want to walk daily uh, having fresh encounters with Jesus. Well, tonight what we're going to do with our Bibles open, our hearts open before heaven, uh, we're going to be talking tonight about uh, encountering, experiencing Scripture. And what we're going to do before we leave here tonight, we're not just going to hear another sermon and go away unchanged, but we're actually going to do the book. Are you ready for that tonight? Would it be all right? Now you say, no, Pastor Michael, what, uh, what uh, verse are we going to do? We're not going to do the Bible verse that says Judas went out and hung himself. We're not going to do that Bible verse, okay? Uh, we're going to do another Bible verse tonight uh, that's going to bring about deep life transformation. It will uh, bring about uh, renewed marriages. It will bring about uh, family unity. It will bring tonight uh, about uh, church oneness uh, like we've never experienced. And so Matthew chapter 22, uh, I'm going to invite you, if you will, to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's blessed and life-changing word, Matthew 22, verse 35. It says, and one of them, an expert in the law, asked the question to test Jesus and said, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? That's a that's a uh, awesome question, is it not? Out of all the 667 commands 
of the Old Testament, which one of those is the greatest? And Jesus said to them, what? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the greatest and the most important commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now notice verse 40, and all the law and the prophets hang or depend on these two commands. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, we're grateful tonight uh, that we're not only going just to hear the Word of God, but we're going to able, be able to see the Word of God painted and demonstrated before our eyes, and we're also going to be able to experience the Word. And so, Father, I pray tonight that you would open up heaven and that you would pour into our hearts. Uh, we just come tonight as your people saying, Lord, speak. Speak, Lord. For we, your servants, we're listening. For we ask and pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much uh, for standing. Now I want you to notice, uh, as Carrie's painting tonight, uh, he's painting what I'm speaking about tonight, and that is uh, the forgotten purpose of truth. Why is it that God gave us the Bible? Why is it that he gave us 66 books of the Bible? Why is it that he gave us the Old Testament and the New Testament? Well, we find Jesus answering that question for us tonight. Uh, we find here that Jesus says that there are two commands that the entire Word of God, he says all the law and the prophet hangs on these two commands. And he says it's this command of loving God and loving others. Now, why did God give us the Bible? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Do you believe that? And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. So as you look at this diagram that you see up on the screen, you'll, you'll notice here uh, that there are two arrows that are going up. We find that uh, the Word of God, first of all, over to the left, defines what we believe. In other words, all Scripture is given for inspiration uh, to tell us what we believe. And isn't it wonderful to open up the Word of God and to find the real God, uh, this God of grace and compassion that we experience in Jesus Christ? So it tells us it's the bedrock of what we believe. But also the Word of God is given by inspiration for correction, for instruction, for reproof. In other words, the Word of God teaches us how to behave. How should we behave? And so the Word gives us a bumper. This is what we believe, and this is how we behave. But I want you to understand this, that just the knowledge of the Word of God is not sufficient. The Word of God, just knowing the Word is not sufficient. Because that is not the entire purpose of the Word of God. The Word of God is written to lead us into a deepened relationship with the Lord and a deepened relationship with one another. Now notice what Jesus says in verse number 40. He says on these two commands, what two commands? What's the greatest command? Love the Lord with all of your what? Your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. And then the second command is likened unto the first. What is that? Love your what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now literally the word neighbor means your near one. It's your closest one to you. That means tonight, if you're married, your neighbor is who? Your spouse, okay? If you uh, have parents here tonight, uh, who's your near one? That's right, mom and dad. 
uh, or you may be here tonight, you're with a friend, so your friend may be your near one. The Bible says that we're to love this near one as much as what we would love ourselves. Now, we love ourselves, don't we? Uh, We like to feed ourselves well. We like to hydrate ourselves well. We like to treat ourselves well in every way. But we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. So it's very important because Jesus says, on these two commands hangs or depends the entire law and the prophets. Now, uh, this word uh, hang is a very important, uh, a very uh, common word today. It would literally mean a nail that you put on the wall that a picture hangs on. Now, a year and a half ago, we moved to Marietta, Georgia, and, uh, which means that we had to move all of our belongings into a new house. And my wife, Liliana, knows exactly where every picture ought to hang, which means that I drove a lot of nails and I removed a lot of nails until we can get that picture in the right spot. Am I bearing witness when any husband's in the room here tonight? And uh, trying to find that right place. And notice here, Jesus says it's on, the, on these two commands, loving God and loving others, that the entire law of God depends. Now, it's very important... Uh, that we hang the scripture on these two commands. You know why? Because if we don't, it will fall off the wall. The, the Bible is likened unto a mirror. And when a mirror falls off the wall, what happens? Crash. And so what we find in the New Testament when Jesus was uh, on earth, we find that he was hanging out and he was uh, ministering among a bunch of uh, religious leaders. Remember what they were called? Pharisees and what? Sadducees religious people. And so here's Jesus with his disciples, and uh, they're going through the grain field on the Sabbath day. And uh, as they're going through the grain field on the Sabbath day, they get hungry, and so they uh, take off some grain, and they begin to eat it. And all of a sudden, out of the bushes comes a Pharisee. And he's got a broken piece of the law of God, and he says, "Uh uh-huh, I've got you. Because it says right here that you're not to do any work on the Sabbath day. It's very interesting how Jesus takes the broken, shattered mirror of uh, the religious leaders of his day and he puts it back up on the, uh, on the uh, hinge where it fell off. Jesus says, don't you remember David uh, when he was hungry? He went into uh, the tabernacle and there he ate the showbread off the bread. He said, don't you know the Sabbath is not made, uh, man is not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath is made for man. And here we find Jesus taking the law of God and he puts it right back up there about loving God and loving one another. Now the word hang is also, the word hang or depend, is also speaks about a man hanging on a cross. Now have you ever wondered this question? Was that cross that Jesus died on, was it oak or was it maple? You ever wondered that? Now you say, no, Michael, that's about the most silliest question I've ever heard. Oh, the, the answer is, what, ma- what does it matter? <laughs> that, that's an irrelevant question. But so many times we can get off into irrelevancy and, uh, and begin to wonder about things in the Bible that the Bible was never intended to, a lot of details and a lot of things. Uh, but all the Word of God, anytime you open up the Word of God, the Word of God is to point us to Jesus, is to point us into a love relationship uh, with Jesus, is to deepen our intimacy with the Lord. So I want to encourage you uh, tonight 
as uh, Carrie is painting this scripture, uh, you'll find that he is painting uh, here the Word of God and how out of the pages of the written Word of God, there is the living Word of God, Jesus Christ. And what we find is is that there's tremendous transformation when we read the Bible, not just to fill our heads full of facts, but we read our Bible to have a deepened love relationship with the one who wrote it. Reminds me about this guy, he was, uh, uh, or this gal, she was entering into a coffee shop. It's a very crowded coffee shop in New York City, and she couldn't find any place to sit but there was a vacant seat right in the front of a man, a young man, very handsome man, and so she sat down in front of him. And, uh, and uh, they were talking, came up with a conversation. Well, during that time, about a month before that, she had bought a book off the shelf uh, in the bookstore, and she began to read it, and it was the most boring book that she had ever read. Uh, she couldn't hardly stand it, so she uh, put it down, wasn't going to read it. But then in this conversation with this man, she found out that this man was the author of that book. Well, fast forward three months down the road, they fall in love with each other. And guess what happened? That boring book that she couldn't hardly stand to pick up and read, that became her favorite book. You know why? Because she fell in love with the author. And that's what the Word of God is written for. The written Word of God is to point to the living Word of God, Jesus Christ. And when we fall in love with the Lord, when we have this deepened relationship with the Lord, it leads us into a deepened relationship with the one who wrote the Word of God. And for us, for you and me tonight as followers of Jesus Christ, what it means is this. It means this, that we need to have frequent experiences with Jesus, encounters with Jesus, but we also need to have fresh experiences of the Word of God. I want you to notice this next slide as it comes up on the uh, IMAG. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, the Word of God is full of life and full of power, full of transformation. I wonder uh, if you have ever experienced this scripture uh, in Luke chapter 17. Remember the uh, story about Jesus uh, encountering ten lepers? Remember that account? And and the ten lepers come to Jesus, and and Jesus says, what would you have me to do for you? And uh, they said, we want to be clean. And what does Jesus say? He says, go and show yourself to the priest. And as the ten lepers were walking away... Their leprous skin turned like baby skin. They were clean. And out of the ten that were clean, how many of those lepers came back to Jesus? Just one. He fell down on his knees and he began to give glory to Jesus and give thanks to him. And and in that moment, look what Jesus says. Jesus says, were there not ten of you? Where are the other nine? I don't know if you've ever experienced compassion for Jesus. I don't know if you've ever, in your heart, uh, sensed a love for him that, that created pain for you. I don't know, when you read that text of Scripture, Jesus cleansed the ten and only one came back. I wonder tonight, do you, do you feel the compassion for Jesus? Do you sense uh, the, the hurt that Jesus had, that he cleansed ten, and he asked, where, where are the other nine. And this is what this scripture, when I was reading that, I was studying this scripture from a a sermon text uh, one time. 
And rather than uh, preparing this text to speak to others, God began to speak to me out of this text. And what the Lord taught me is this, is Michael, many times with the wonderful things that I've done in your life, many times I'm all alone. You never show up to give me thanks. You never thank me for what I've done uh, in your life. And so what the Lord did in my heart, he broke my heart in compassion and love for Jesus. And so every morning when I wake up, I get on my knees with an open Bible and I'll say to the Lord, Lord, I'm that one. I don't know about everybody else, but Lord, today, I want to show up in your presence and I just want to give you thanks. I just want to bless you and I want to thank you and I want to honor your holy name. You see, that's what the Word of God is written for. Every parable, every story in the Old Testament, the New Testament, every part of the Word of God is to lead us, according to what Jesus said, is to lead us into a deepened love relationship with Him and a deepened love relationship with one another. By the way, uh, let me just pause just a moment. Aren't you blessed by this painting tonight? Amen? Uh, so awesome uh, to see what Carrie has painted for us tonight. An open Bible, and out of the open Bible, the love of God that's displayed. What is the greatest love of God for all time and eternity? Jesus and his death upon the cross. And I want you to notice here uh, closely to this painting that there is a red cord that comes from Jesus, and it flows through the Bible. Do you realize that all the way from Genesis to Revelation, that there is a red cord of redemption and that red cord of redemption is all about his love for you. It's all about his love for me. And he displays that in so many ways. And so I want to encourage you, when you wake up in the morning, wake up to an open-armed Jesus. Woke up, wake up to a Jesus that weeps. Wake up to a Jesus uh, that uh, prays for you. And wake up to a living Lord who wants to speak to you from his living word. Amen? It's powerful. Now, would it be all right tonight as we talk about the Bible, would it be all right for us tonight to experience the Bible? Anybody up for that tonight? Amen? Uh, now, you, uh, you're looking at me like my congregation looks at me. You're like, what Bible verse are we going to do tonight? Well, let's just, do, let's just do part of a Bible verse. How about that? Let's do this Bible verse. It's up on the screen. It is uh, jo uh, Romans chapter 12, verse number 15. And, uh, next slide, Romans chapter 12, verse number 15. Uh, the Bible says, rejoice with those who what? Rejoice. Okay? So what that means is this, is that when we uh, have things that we can rejoice about, that we need to rejoice with one another. We need to be able to share uh, those blessings with one another. We need to uh, not only share those blessings, but we need to respond to one another. Because when I'm joyful, what does that mean? That others are to rejoice now what does rejoicing look like it may look like that's fantastic that's awesome if my wife was here tonight it would look like a baso <laughs> it may it may be a kiss on the lips that is wonderful sweetheart I'm so uh, thankful that that has happened uh, in, in our life so here's what I want us to do and uh, Carrie's going to come up and help me with this do we have a microphone uh, that Carrie could use you got one there Chad um, uh, we're gonna what I want you to do here in just a moment I want you to share with a friend now if you're married your friend is who 
your wife, your spouse, okay? Uh, if you're here like I am, I'm not with my spouse tonight, but I am with my good friend, Carrie Jackson. Uh, you could share with a friend. So if you're a teenager here or a student here or a child, you could share with another student or you could share with a, uh, a parent or you could share uh, with whoever that you would entrust this with. But in just a moment, we're going to do a little bit of sharing. And so what I want you to do is I want you to reflect upon your growing up years and remember a time when something good happened, okay? So now you're thinking about that, and while you're thinking, I'm going to pray out loud, Lord, bring those rejoicing moments to our minds and hearts so that we can rejoice that, and then Carrie and I are going to, we're going to model this together, okay? So Carrie, when I think about growing up, I think about my Uncle Billy, my Uncle Billy uh, was a dear uncle in our life. He was like a patriarch in our family. And I remember that he used to invite us to the beach every year. He had a, a house on Hilton Head Island. And when we would get there, Uncle Billy was a banker. And so he would uh, take out a brand new $20 bill and give it to me. I thought it, it was all the money in the world. I mean, it was just incredible uh, to have that. Uncle Billy, huh? Yes. You know, I have Uncle Billy, too, and uh, he gave me great joy, too, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. He didn't give me money, but uh, I can really express uh, praise to God for mm. those memories that you have. So, yeah, that's a good job, man. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. For me, um, I remember when I was a senior in high school, and, you know, I was thinking about making art my career. And I entered a contest. They used to have Scholastic Art Awards. I don't know if they still do that or not. But uh, I entered a painting in that contest as a senior in high school in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. is my hometown. And um, I won first place. For, it was called the Hallmark Honor Award. Remember Hallmark cards? Yeah. So uh, I won that, and there was a winner from every state. And so every winner got to be part of a traveling show, and it went all over the country. And so that was a great affirmation for me. Wow. To, uh, I was really happy I got my picture in the annual. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fantastic, Carrie. Praise the Lord. Yeah, uh, that is fun. just a, a great encouragement and a wonderful memory. Yeah. Now, what we're going to do, Joe's going to come up here and play some happy, clappy music for us. And, uh, and we're going to do some celebrating. Now, you can imagine what's happening right now. All the angels in heaven are looking down into this church service tonight. And, they, and the angels are saying, they're really going to do it. They're going to really do the Bible. And so we're going to do the book tonight. And what I want you to do is I want you to uh, pair up with one individual uh, next to you. It could be a, uh, uh, whoever, it could be a spouse, it could be a family member, it could be a friend. And uh, I want you to share one uh, memory. Now, one thing that you don't do uh, when they start sharing with you, uh, don't, don't get distracted and look away, okay? That, that would not show love. Can I get a witness? All right? Uh, don't look at your phone. Don't check your text. Uh, and don't, don't say this. Let me help some of the guys out here. Uh, don't say this. Is that all you got? <laughs> don't do that. that. That will not bring uh, love toward one another. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand to your feet. And I want to invite you, if you will, to turn to one another and share one of these right up here on the screen. You can just use the words on the screen. Yeah. 
One more minute. Make sure both partners have celebrated. It's okay to give high fives. Okay to give hugs. Okay to give pats on the back. All right, after you finish celebrating, go ahead and be seated. doing the book tonight amen that's awesome that's awesome and you know what I find that whenever we do the book it just brings closeness to the Lord we feel a joy in our heart but we also feel a closeness to one another whether it's a friendship or a marriage or a family and now let me tell you how this happened in the Lewis family I discovered this uh, this uh, uh, experience of the Word of God a number of years ago when our girls were growing up and so what we did every night when our girls would come home is we would have a, a time of sharing around our family and we would go through and share three blessings and a prayer request. And so our daughters would share the blessings of their day and we'd be celebrating, high-fiving, hugging, and all that. And that just brought such closeness. And also with my wife, just like today, my wife came home and uh, something good happened uh, at uh, the International Learning Center Sunday night. So I was able to celebrate with her. I told her about what an incredible church you are. I told her about our friendship with Chad and Betsy and, and uh, just what a wonderful congregation. She was able to celebrate with me about the neat things that have been happening this week in our Spiritual Awakening con uh, Conference and uh, how that's doing. And you see, whenever we do that, we just do the book, Rejoicing with Those Who Rejoice, uh, it is so transformational and powerful. But you'll notice that verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 15, doesn't end with that, does it? What does it say? Rejoice with those who rejoice and do what? Weep with those who what? Weep. In other words, not only should we share in times of rejoicing, but we should also comfort one another in times of hurting. I don't know about you, but we live in a hurt hurtful world do we not and I find that hurt people hurt people 
And I find that there are challenges even today. I face as a pastor of a church, you think, well, boy, it must be nice, pastor of church, and just, uh, just walk on clouds all day and talk to God and uh, study the Bible. I mean, everybody must love you. Well, just talk to your pastor, Chad. I'm sure uh, that you get some negative emails occasionally like I do. Uh, so there are hurtful things. We live in a hurtful world. You face that at school today. You face that in your work. You face that uh, maybe in your home. There, there are hurtful times uh, that come along in our lives. And it's so powerful. Uh, what I'm about to lead you in is so transformational. I have a, 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 an amazing congregation. We have a, a couple that I led uh, our congregation into doing what, I'm, what we're about to do in just a moment. They've been married 60 years and after church, they were coming down the hall and said, Pastor, Pastor. And he got to me, and uh, he couldn't finish his sentence. And tears filled his eyes. I looked over at his wife, tears filling her eyes. And uh, out of comforting one another about what we're about to do, said, he said these words. He said, Pastor, I have to tell you later. But he said, we had 20 years of marital hurt, and God healed it in that moment. How did, how did that happen? By simply doing the book. Simply weeping with those who weep. Mourning with those who mourn. You know what Jesus said about mourning? Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be what? Comforted. There's something about mourning out that brings comfort in. Uh, there's an amazing transformation. As a God of all comfort comforts us through relationships with one another. That's what 2 Corinthians 1 is all about powerful. Now, when we comfort one another, let me give you several unproductive responses, okay? These are, un, these are some things you don't want to do. Guys, are y'all listening to me tonight? Can I get a witness tonight? Okay? These are things you don't tell your wife. And wives, you don't tell your husbands. And parents, you don't tell your children these things, okay? Uh, so when someone is hurting, you don't use facts, reason, or logic, Okay? When, you, when uh, someone comes in and they're hurting, uh, you don't use facts, reason, or logic. Uh, like uh, Liliana comes in, she's taking her graduate studies now. She put me through seminary and doctoral studies, and now she's wanting to go to school, get her master's degree. And uh, she comes in and she says, I made a C on that quiz. And what would happen if I just said, well, well sweetheart, that wouldn't have happened if you'd have studied longer. That wouldn't have happened if, if you wouldn't have stayed so late at church the other night talking to all those ladies. You just talked too long to those ladies. Now, do you think that's going to help our marriage? Think it's going to bring us closer? No, absolutely not. It's not facts. Now, that might be true, but that, that is not going to bring comfort and healing because the Bible says to weep with those who weep. Uh, our criticism. Uh, uh, you know, criticism would be, uh, well, you know, you made a C on that quiz. But, you know, you're just too sensitive. You know, you ought to be grateful to God, you got to see. You know? And be now, is that going to help? Is that going to deepen my relationship with Jesus and with my wife? Oh, no. I'm going to have an intensive moment of fellowship. I could feel it coming if that happens. Uh, another unproductive response would be uh, pep talks. I could say to Liliana, uh, sweetheart, I know you made a C on that quiz, but you know the Bible says that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and those who are called according to His purpose. Now, is that true? Can I? Are, are y'all? You can't talk back to the pastor tonight, okay? Uh, is that true? But do you think that's going to comfort her? 
No, because she's mourning, she's hurt, she's disappointed, and what she needs is comfort. She needs for me to uh, feel what she's feeling. Another unproductive response is complaints. In other words, Liliana comes in and tells me about a struggle she has, and I would say to her, sweetheart, you think that's bad? Let me tell you about what happened in my day today. I was going down I-75, and this absolute crazy maniac cut me off, pushed me into the guardrail. I've got a dent on my car. You think that's bad? My day was a lot worse. Now, you think that's going to help? No. I might be able to tell her about my day later, but first of all, she's sharing a hurt with me. Uh, Then I I want to comfort her. I want to mourn with her. Uh, And then neglect. Now, this is a this is a world-famous uh, way, unproductive response, is that your son or your daughter comes in and they tell you about a difficulty at high school or at, at school that day, and uh, you say, hey, hey, uh, we've we got to get in the car or we've got to go to church. And what do we do? Rather than stopping and mourning and weeping with them, what we do is we neglect it. We, we ignore it. Or uh, try this sometimes, uh, uh, my my wife will absolutely go in orbit about this. I'll get a red-hot tamale if I do this, uh, is she'll be sharing a deep hurt with me, and I'll start checking my text. Can I get a witness from my wife tonight, okay? Uh, Just just neglect it. That's right. There we go. We're being honest tonight and uh, and seeing that. Now, uh, that is some unproductive responses. Now, let's point out some uh, productive responses uh, this is what it means to weep with those who weep. First of all, it is uh, simply saying uh, to uh, whoever's sharing with you, your fa- family member, your friend, I could really see that you're hurting. I could really see the frustration and, and how difficult that must have been uh, for your friend to do that to you or for that to happen in your life today. Or it could be, uh, it could be that it saddens me to see you so fearful. Or, or I care about you. And I don't want to see you discouraged. Or it could be an emotional response is, is I understand you're hurting, and I want you to know that I'm committed to walk with you through this pain. It could be a response of, I genuinely regret my part in hurting you. If I did something that injured Liliana or hurt one of our daughters, maybe just because I was insensitive and I was not thoughtful, it could be owning up to what I've done. I I, I I take responsibility. I regret that I, in my part, in hurting you. And I now see that I hurt you by, and these are great words, will you forgive me? You realize that in our vocabulary every day as Christ followers, there ought to be these three phrases. I love you, I'm sorry, and will you forgive me? Remember Simon Peter? Lord, how many times I'm going to have to forgive someone? You know, he thought it was pretty good. You know, uh, uh, seven times, up to seven times, Lord. And what did Jesus say? You ought to forgive him how many times? Seventy times seven. And he's not talking about arithmetic or mathematics. He's talking about attitude. He's talking about releasing that. So those are some words uh, that ought to happen. So productive responses always include understanding, gentleness, and empathy, and even a reassurance. That's what it means to mourn with those who mourn. It means to uh, respond in that way. So we're going to be led, led in just a moment to actually doing the book. We're going to be, we've already rejoiced and how happy it is to fill this full uh, room full of, uh, of joy. But in just a moment, we're going to fill this room full of God's comfort. 
because this God of all power and God of all comfort wants to come down here tonight and he wants to use you to comfort someone who's hurting next to you. And God wants to use someone next to you to comfort something that's hurting inside of you. So I'm going to ask for uh, Carrie to come on up. And this is going to be our, our exercise. Of course, Carrie's my friend tonight. And our exercise is we're going to share with a friend and we're going to receive comfort. So uh, what we're going to do is I remember being alone when. And then notice that, that we've got it up on the screen. Uh, how do you respond in comfort? I'm sorry that that happened. It's sad that you had to go through something like that. It hurts me to know that you're hurting. So, uh, Carrie, I remember a time being alone uh, when my Uncle Billy that I told you about went to heaven three years ago. Uh, he was uh, the patriarch in our family. He was the most kind and gentle man. He never married uh, because he took care of my mother and her twin sister when their mother died at nine years of age. He was 21, and all those years he took care of my mom and my aunt and our family, and uh, he was the one uh, who always believed in me. He always told me, he said, Michael, you're going to be the next Billy Graham. Now, I didn't have any idea uh, that uh, any ambitions to do that, but he believed in me, and when he died, I felt, my, I felt like my world fell apart. Michael, I know how much Billy meant to you. You talk about him a lot, mm. and uh, I know it had to grieve you when he passed on, and um, I've experienced grief in my life, so I know what you're feeling like, and I will be praying for you that uh, God will release that grief from you. Mm. Thank you so much, Gary. Michael, um, I remember when I was alone, we, my, my wife and my family, we moved to Texas to go to seminary. Didn't know a soul in Texas, and so we were lonely. And so we started looking for churches, and we found a, a good church, and we started trying to make friends. And there was this one couple that we really connected with, we thought, and so we tried to reach out to them, and they rejected us. And we didn't know why at first, but then they confessed that oh, we don't like to be friends with seminary students because we get to love them and then they go away. Mm. So we were pretty lonely in seminary. Well, Carrie, I know how much friendships mean to you and I sense how much that must hurt uh, to be rejected by someone that uh, you really desired to have that relationship with. And because I love you, I hurt with you over that. Okay, amen. Now this time what we're going to do is uh, we're going to experience... A Bible verse. We're going to mourn with those who mourn. We're going to weep with those who weep. And we're going to allow the Lord to do an incredible work. I'm going to ask you, if you will, just to stand where you're at. I'm going to pray a prayer. Then just a moment, as the Lord is bringing something to your mind, a time when you felt alone, I want you to share that with a friend, with a family member, uh, with your spouse. And then allow that spouse, that family member, friend to comfort you. And then allow that one to share with you and allow this God of comfort inside of you to extend that comfort uh, to them. Father, we thank you tonight that we serve you, an all-powerful, almighty God. And we're grateful tonight that you're here with us, that we can't just talk about you and you're far away. God, I thank you that you're right here among us and our friendships, our relationships that are here. Father, I pray that you'd give each one right now a sense of your comfort and of your love as we share with one another. For we ask and pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you will, turn to one another, and you could use these phrases up on the screen.
have one more minute of sharing. Make sure that both friends or family members or spouses have had opportunity to share and also receive comfort. what just happened here tonight we actually did the Bible we were mourning with one another we were comforting one another it is so powerful so transformational my wife and I we uh, traveled the country almost all 50 states doing pastors conferences wives conferences my wife was sitting with a group of pastors wives one night and uh, and, uh, one of the pastors wives just began to open up with hurt and pain that was going on in her heart, a sense of rejection from church members that, of her church where her husband was a pastor. And every one of them began to, all the other pastor's wives, to start giving facts, reason, and logic. They started giving uh, complaints. Well, you think your church is bad? You ought to know what my church is like. And Liliana knew what was going on. She said, right now is the time to do the Bible. And so Liliana, after the uh, uh, meeting was adjourned, she went over to that pastor's wife and said, I just want you to know that I am so sad that you're going through what you're going through. And in that moment, God began to bring healing. And I want to tell you, this stuff that we're talking about tonight will deepen your love for the Lord, and it will deepen your relationships with one another because it's all based on Jesus's great commandment this great commandment love that transforms everything I don't know how the Lord has moved in your life tonight it's been awesome hasn't it Uh, to see uh, Carrie paint and then uh, for us to rejoice together and then for us to extend comfort to one another and care uh, for one another Uh, we were doing this exercise in our church I guess it's been three weeks ago uh, that we were doing it and we had a lost man that attended for the first time his wife had left him and uh, he the only place he knew where to go to was the local church and he saw all that was going on he came up to me after the service and he said pastor I don't know what all that is but whatever it is that's what I want and I was able to lead him to faith in Christ it's amazing the transformation and you might be here tonight and you would say uh Pastor, what, what is all of that? What is that? That is this. It's Jesus. It's the Word of God uh, that comes alive. And you may be here tonight, and uh, maybe you've gone through some religious hurt and some pain in your life, and you've never experienced a real relationship with a real God, Jesus, with open arms. And if you've never trusted him as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to come, give your life to him, turn from where you're at, and come toward Jesus Christ. And the reality is is this, can we all be honest tonight? We've all blown it. Can I get a witness? We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And the good news is, is that Christ died for our sin according to the scripture. He was buried and on the third day he rose again. And the good news of the Bible is this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you shall be saved, rescued, forgiven of all of your sin. And it could be tonight that you've never made that decision. You've never opened your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you tonight to make that decision tonight? You say, Michael, how do I do that? I mean, how do I even make that first step? Uh, You make that first step by simply coming to Jesus. And what that may look like tonight, Pastor Chad's going to be standing here in just a moment. It may look like this. It may look like you walking out from wherever you're seated at right now, taking Pastor Chad by the hand and simply saying to him, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. However you want to say it, Pastor Chad will help you uh, with that decision because Jesus is waiting with open arms. It could be that you're here tonight and there's a real deed in your life. And you would say tonight, uh, Uh, Michael, the Word of God has spoken to me. There's a very point of God's Word that has spoken into my life tonight. And that's what this altar's for. This altar's for prayer. It could be that you want to come and pray as a couple. It could be you want to pray with a friend. It could be that you want to come by yourself and pray and lay some some burdens on the altar of God tonight. I want to encourage you tonight that as you come and you kneel before the Lord, listen to what the Word says. This is a great Bible verse to experience draw near to God and he'll draw near to you and it could be that the Lord's drawing you near to himself and he wants you to experience this closeness and nearness so I'm going to encourage you uh, to simply respond to the Lord at the point of his word would you stand with me all over this building father we're so grateful tonight for the presence of the living Jesus who speaks from the living word of God And Father, I pray tonight, Lord, you, I don't know what needs are in this room, but God, you do. And I just pray tonight, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to hearts and lives. I pray that your spirit would do a deepened work of love and grace in each life, each heart, each relationship that is represented here tonight. And Father, we pray that you'll bless this time of response as we give our hearts to you. And respond to you. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You come tonight if the Lord's spoken to you.